Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's always a pleasure uh, to have uh, Jeff Braven in, the executive director of the American School for the Deaf, and his interpreter, Kat, is with us today, too. Uh, If you don't know, the American School for the Deaf uh, started in 1817 as the first permanent school for the deaf in America. Is it the world or is it just America? In America. In America. And, you know, it, we, we, we had you in a couple of months ago, Jeff. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Yes, and thank you so much for having me again. No, it's great. And um, it's, it's humbling how talented uh, you are and, and these students you have to be able to deal with the world, you know, the way they do. You're starting this campaign called Lost in Translation. And I, I have a question for you. But first, just sort of describe what this campaign is all about. Sure. So Lost in Translation is a campaign that we originated after COVID-19, and we just realized that access in healthcare and educational settings are always a challenge for our deaf, hard of hearing, deafblind constituents. So we really have to thank the state of Connecticut for the ARPA funding that was awarded to us to raise awareness related to access within the healthcare and educational settings just to ensure that there is a place providing appropriate access. Well, the analogy of the ambulance, I think, is sort of worth retelling because it's something that if you, if, you don't, if, you, if, you don't, if you have hearing and sight, you don't really even think about it. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's a natural thing. It comes to us instinctually. And so just driving, you see that ambulance. You know it's there. But when something happens and you are the one being impacted and you are going in through an ambulance, where is the communication? Uh, And then all of a sudden, things are just falling apart around you because you're in a life-threatening situation, perhaps, or you are without any access to communication and awareness, and you are just trapped within a siloed location. And so that's why we are uh, really focusing on providing that. Yeah, and you think about an emergency, you're in that environment, and what if you can't understand what's going on around you? But what what are some of the things? Is it sort of educational? I mean, it's hard to train everybody in the healthcare field to do sign. Like, what what, what is the optimal goal here? I think it's more going to be raising awareness. You know, oftentimes, for example, uh, we're going to be doing a nice public service announcement that will roll out today and over the next few weeks. And that public service announcement is going to be talking about someone who was impacted because they had to go to the emergency room. Uh, they were stuck, injured. They were unable to communicate. The nurses were wearing masks, so they were unable to communicate with the individual. Right. Communication was completely broken down. The patient can't tell the medical providers what's wrong, what's going on. If the hospital had the awareness that we're asking for, they would bring an interpreter on site or they would be able to use any and every technology they can to ensure communication and help that patient calm down. Because in an anxious situation, it's just going to escalate for both the patient as well as the medical providers. So if we can calm a situation down through that awareness and access, people feel comfortable. Especially I think of children, you know, it just would be so important 
must be so anxiety-inducing for kids. And, and, you know, it makes sense. You could probably have an on-call interpreter at these hospitals. They employ enough people. We're talking with Jeff Braven, the executive director of the American School for the Deaf. You know, I, in reading, there was a, a piece in, uh, in Hearst about Connecticut itself and how it used to be on the forefront of these issues and now isn't so much. And why, why is that? I think there were a few things that really impacted that. One of the major impacts is going to be budget. You know, a few years ago, we went through an economic crisis, and so there were some budget cuts, and that's when the Commission for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing Services was also cut. Uh, And that did surprise quite a few of us. That was in 2017? 2016. 2017, around there, yes. 2016, 2017. So the American School for the Deaf took over the interpreting services, and we do provide interpreting services statewide, uh, but obviously we see that need still in the light where the state for deaf, hard of hearing, deaf, blind constituents really does need to kind of step up and advocate for that population and providing that access and accommodation. Uh, So we're asking the state to consider, uh, instead of the commission, maybe the bureau chief, Uh, If we could have a bureau chief for the blind population and all of these other populations of disabilities, why not for the deaf and hard of hearing deaf blind population? Uh, We're talking with Jeff Braven, the executive director of the American School for the Deaf. Uh, The campaign is lost in translation. It's uh, for the entire year. You're going to be the PSA is going to run all year and everything. You got to do anything programmatic. Uh, Yes, the campaign will run year-round. We are working on a pilot program right now, another program where it's providing free interpreting services for all of the hospitals in the state of Connecticut between the months of March to June from 5 to midnight. Just to kind of take the pulse of what the needs are during that time and how much interpreting service is needed. And then we'll have that uh, dialogue afterwards, after the pilot, so that we have some data statistics to show the state, the hospitals, and ensure access once we get a full program Makes established. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Uh, how about, let's, if we could quickly pivot, just we have a couple minutes. How are, the, how are your students doing, you know, post-pandemic? Can we get a little temperature check on how things are going? <gasps> the students are doing very well. Uh, yes, it was a challenge, especially, especially with the loss of education during that time. But our staff, I have to say, are amazing. They are phenomenal at their job. And the students are showing progress and making that increase. Now they are thriving, and that's what we can hope for. We are seeing more young students coming to the School for the Deaf. We are working in outreach and early intervention, uh, making sure that we are educating the need for the education at a younger age. So that's what we're bringing into the future. I have one quick question here. I I don't think I asked it last time because we just met for the first time last time, and I had a lot of sort of (laughs) big-picture life questions for you. Are there fewer uh, people in America who deal with hearing loss than 50 years ago? Say, like, I wonder why the commission became less important. Is it because there's just fewer people who experience deafness, or is it the same as it's been? I would say that it's maintained its status. It's the same as it's been. You know, technology has changed. There's been a lot of improvement for deaf and hard of hearing people uh, within the technology field. So there's a lot of that that supports deaf, deaf blind, hard of hearing. Uh, And so I think some technology works for others, some it may not. And I think there's a lot of misconception in America 
thinking that all technology is a one size fits all, but it's not. You have to look at the language needs of every child. And so it's the challenge is still there. We just have to take it upon ourselves and do what's right. Yeah. Well, you, the school, the students are totally an inspiration. I, I'm humbled by it. So uh, Jeff Braven from American School for the Deaf, again, the campaign is lost in translation. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, your time's And up. I look forward oh. to learning more, uh, have people learn more about what we're doing. Absolutely. You're welcome here anytime.